You're listening to Veg Your Best with vegan life coach, Michelle Olander. Episode 94, Thoughts About Birthdays, Age, and Cognitive Diffusion. Hi, Veg Eds, Veg Your Besties. Welcome and welcome back to the podcast. So I'm recording today's podcast on my 63rd birthday, which is fun. It's fun. And the theme today is birthdays and time. You know, 10 years ago, 10 years ago or so, I was, as a lot of you know, an excusitarian. That's what I called it. And I was listening to a bunch of vegan podcasts to try and figure out how I could move in a vegan direction. And that's the subject way back on episode four. And if you'd like to hear more about excusitarianism, you can find it in the deep tracks. But in a nutshell, it means that I ate vegan unless I had what I thought was a really good excuse. Okay, not ideal, no. But what it did do is it gave me the time and the practice to learn new strategies and problem solving and begin practicing a vegan practice. So then about seven years ago, I committed. I committed to a vegan practice. And five years ago, I began learning a lot more about life coaching. So when I went through training and earned my certification as a life coach, I wanted to bring the tools that I had learned through coaching to the medium of podcasting that had supported me so much as a new vegan. So that's what I do here. That's what Veg Your Best is, using the tools of life coaching to support and encourage vegans wherever they find themselves. So here today on my birthday, I was thinking about why I have never gotten all that bothered about my age. Well, at least, at least not yet. And I think, I think what happened was, well, when I turned 30, I was pregnant with my first child. So I didn't have all that much energy to think about it. And when I turned 40, I was very busy with three kids, ages nine, eight, and six. And it was kind of a huge relief not having anyone nursing or in diapers And I think it was also the year we moved. And when I turned 50, I had one child in college, one applying to college and one in high school. And I had gone back to get my master's in art history. So again, that big, busy birthday kind of passed me by. The summer I turned 60, we had just finished kind of an ordeal for me rebuilding our house from a flood. And we were getting ready for my son's wedding. And then suddenly my mom was quite ill. And once again, that big birthday was very low on my radar. So today I turned 63. And I guess 63 isn't what most people consider a big birthday. One of the big ones in our base 10 culture. I mean, maybe 65 counts, But 63, no real big deal, I don't think. 
But notice what I just said. 63 is not thought of, not considered one of those big birthdays, not one of the milestones. Why? Well, because of no better reason than that's just how we tend to think about it. Our thoughts, individually, collectively, culturally, our thoughts make the idea of turning 60 a bigger deal than turning 63, especially if you're 59. (laughs) And my thoughts on those years when I was having one of those so-called big birthdays with a zero in the ones place, my thoughts in those years, my attention on things in those years meant that I... Well, I think that's what meant that I never really experienced much negativity or unhappiness on those birthdays. And just in case you think I'm saying that I'm very evolved on this subject, um, that's not because I'm immune to vanity or to ideas about aging. I'm not immune to having horrible thoughts about what I should have accomplished by now or whether I can still do certain things or how much time is left. I've had all those thoughts and many more for decades. I just, for some reason, do not seem to connect them with my birthday, June 16th. June 16th is almost always a beautiful day in New England, and I believe that I have almost always been in New England on my birthday. So this came up yesterday, the day before my birthday, happens to be the birthday of one of my co-mothers-in-law. So I was wishing her, my son-in-law's mom, a happy birthday. And I was telling her that I honestly think June is the best month for a birthday. And the text just was kind of illuminating for me. I told her having a birthday in June is in and of itself present enough. And I started laughing at myself, wondering where the heck this came from, this idea, because, well, after all, this is my job as a life coach, you know, interrogating thoughts, especially ones that feel really true. And this one feels really true to me. It feels very true. I do not care about birthday celebrations or presents or treats because I actually have this feeling that my birthday is the perfect birthday. I know. I'm so committed to this thought. It really feels true. Almost as if birthday presents are consolation prizes for other people who don't have June birthdays. Sorry, most of you. Here's some cake. So I was wondering how on earth this happened. My conviction that I have the best birthday. Even I, even I do not think that this is actually some sort of universal fact that some people have objectively better birthdays than others. So in thinking why I love my birthday so much, I remembered that this was even true as a child. And when I was little, my mother always had a bouquet of flowers for me on my birthday. We had these old-fashioned roses from my great-grandmother's house, which she told me always bloomed for my birthday. And these were the old-fashioned ones, the ones that only bloom once a year, not all summer long. What a show they always put on for you, Mish, I remember her saying. 
and there was the big fragrant Philadelphus bush, the mock orange, my mom called it. And it also only bloomed around my birthday. And like all sticky thoughts, thoughts that you think a long time, they start to collect lots of evidence over the years. For me, that June 16th is always beautiful. The flowers are all out. The weather is perfect. School's finishing up. Summer break is starting. All those observations started to stick to my birthday and they begin to cement the thought. And also over the years, many, many of my favorite people seem to have June birthdays. Patty, June 15th. Angela, also June 16th, like me, though much, much younger. Also June 16th, Eliza and Annie. Then there's Nick and Deb and Nicole, all June 4th. Teruka, June 17th. Missy, June 9th. Blay, how can I forget Blay, June 28th. I mean, there are way more. I won't bore you with all of them, but there are way more because every time I learn that someone else I'm fond of has a June birthday, it seems like, oh, that's so nice. No wonder I like them. June is the best month for a birthday. Even if there were a June 16th with a hailstorm and no flowers, I'm pretty sure at this point my brain would just think, ah, there's the exception that actually proves the rule that June is the best month. Okay, so I don't think that this was purposeful, positive brainwashing on my mother's part. I think my mom was simply sharing her love of her grandmother's old roses that bloom in June and her love of gardening with me and my child brain is the one that made the leap that fused these ideas that June is for me and maybe I also knew that my dad hated his birthday and got very low around his birthday and I made it mean that it was because his birthday was in December I don't know I don't know and I bring this up I bring this up because it just occurred to me this week. But I also bring it up to offer that in a world where most of us, most of us get wounded now and then, especially as kids, when we are figuring out how to make meaning of the world, most of us experience some, you know, some painful episodes that we don't get too much support with. And then we tend to carry that narrative, that meaning around with us, that something's a bit off, something's a little wrong with us, something's not quite right, maybe we're not too lovable. And I have those thoughts too. And they seem true, really true. And I've shared many of those on the pot, but they aren't any more true than the thought that I have the best birthday. They're just thoughts. And in coaching, of course, we love positive thoughts, of course. But it's not just about coming up with a fairy story. In fact, as I've told you here before, trying to believe a positive thought when you just don't is not a strategy that I recommend. But our thoughts 100% color our experience of our lives. Our thoughts lead us to cherry pick and interpret 
all the information, all the evidence around us. And now as a woman in my mid-60s, I've noticed that many of my clients and my peers have really quite negative attitudes about their birthdays and about what it means to be their age. And it's not about the age. It all begins with the thoughts. I have clients in their 30s and 40s struggling with ideas that it's too late, too late for me. I'll never have what I want or I can't change. I am what I am because it's not about the age at all. But I do not suggest that you suddenly decide to think I'm young, beautiful, and accomplished when you really don't believe it. I don't suggest that you just decide, yes, you know, as of today, I'm training for a marathon, going vegan, and starting grad school. What I do suggest, what I do suggest is reminding yourself that we are always telling ourselves stories. And if you've got a thought that something is too late, I'm encouraging you to interrogate that thought. There are, of course, some specific things that can't be done right now. Maybe, maybe never again. There might be actual facts, but I bet you know some people for whom facts like those, facts about loss and change, have turned into opportunities to create even more excitement and reverence for life and possibility. So I always like to start with maybe. Maybe. Maybe it's possible to look at this situation, these facts, in a slightly different way. And not in the way my brain immediately goes, which is, God forgive you, Michelle, how dare you complain about anything when people are experiencing war and illness and financial reversal? Have you ever done that? So fun. Wonderful. Wonderful as my mom was at selling me on my birthday. This is kind of her voice I hear when I catch myself dissatisfied about anything. Really? How can you be so ungrateful? Don't you know what other people are dealing with? There is a middle ground, which is just about gaining awareness. Noticing the story that we tell ourselves and how we have fused a thought with our experience of reality. And that's something we sometimes call cognitive fusion. Gaining awareness of cognitive fusion, the way it shows up in our lives, can be amazingly helpful. Awareness that it is a thought that we're having and that thoughts are actually optional, at least in theory. Most of the time when someone thinks we think I'm too old, maybe we think too old to go vegan, too old to get fit or healthy, too old to be a rock and roll star, too old to find love, too old to change careers. A thought like that feels very fused. It feels a bit more like a fact than an assessment or a thought. The process of cognitive defusion 
is not to argue with those thoughts, not at all. Because most of us, when we argue with those thoughts, most of us tend to double down and throw up a lot of resistance to arguing the thought. The process of defusion, cognitive defusion, is to simply add an acknowledgement. I'm having the thought that I'm too old to go vegan. I'm having the thought that I'm too old to get fit. I'm thinking that thought again, that I'm too old to be a rock and roll star or too old to find love. And I'm thinking that thought that I'm too old to change careers or find a publisher. Just that little wiggle room of awareness, I'm thinking the thought that I'm too old or I'm thinking the thought it's too late. This begins the process of defusing the thought. When we do it, it sounds so simple, but we are actually able to slowly lower the thought a little. The limitation that our brain is usually very busy arguing for. And when we do it, sometimes we're able to see a few more options. Sometimes right away, sometimes no, but the process of gaining awareness, cognitive diffusing can begin. You know, really entrenched beliefs may never completely disappear, but with a little practice, you do start noticing when your brain goes there. I'm noticing. I'm noticing how often I think that thought, the thought that I'm too old to go vegan. Or I'm, I'm seeing how often I practice repeating that thought in my brain that it's too late for me to change careers. This simple process of cognitive diffusion is simple, but often much more efficient with the help of a coach who's trained not to believe you in your stories. But you can start, definitely start practicing this today with any thought. And if you don't know what thought to start with, usually it's the thought you have that explains why you can't have what you want. Now, real facts won't change, of course. You are still subject to the same laws of physics, but there are more options for your brain, for me and my brain. There are more options out there than most of us can believe. And all it takes is a little bit of defusing those thoughts. Okay, kids. Okay. If you have something that you love about your life, like, like in my life, my birthday, you get to keep it. You get to keep any weirdly positive view of life that you want. You get to keep any weird idea that infuses you with energy or excitement or purpose. For goodness sake, don't start changing those. But if there is a thought that you have about something being too late for you, maybe give that a little cognitive defusion this week. Or you can book yourself into my calendar and we can see what coaching might help you accomplish this year. In the meantime, happy birthday. Happy birthday to all the June babies out there. And I will talk with you next week. Veg Your Best podcast production, music, and editing by Charlie Weinshank. Thanks, Charlie. 
before you go, it would mean so much to me and the Veg Your Best team if you would hit subscribe, leave us a five-star review, or share with someone you think might be interested. Something about algorithms, it helps bump us up a little in the rankings, and that's the best way to help others find the podcast and for us to find our audience. So until next week, make it easy and veg your best.